Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. On Maundy Thursday, Holy Thursday, as some would call it too, we are given a gracious gift from our Lord, and it's one of those gifts that really does just keep on giving. But we as fallen people don't always see the gift for what it is, that there are times where we might find ourselves like a kid at dinner time who's just sick of broccoli and just say, oh no, not broccoli again, right? Sometimes we can find ourselves not even thinking about it, but saying, having communion again? We're having communion again. All right, fine. All right, pastor, we'll have communion again. Why not, you know? Sometimes we find ourselves saying, Why? For a long time in the church, there was this idea that, and it still persists to this day, that in some sense, uh, you know the old saying that, that, um, that familiarity breeds contempt. You've heard that, right? Familiarity breeds contempt, and maybe even absence makes the heart grow fonder. And these things are true in a lot of different senses. But when we apply it to the Lord's Supper, well, I think we're missing the point. We're missing the mark. Familiarity with the body and blood of Christ breeds contempt. Absence of the Lord's Supper, the body and blood of Christ, makes the heart grow fonder. I guess guess you could say that. But... When we see this, we oftentimes think to ourselves, well, the supper, we may not say it out loud. Maybe that's the problem. We don't say enough things out loud to find out just how they fit. Sometimes we think to ourselves, well, you know, it's a special thing, but it stops being so special when I just have it all the time. It's just not as special, Pastor. If I don't have it, if I just stay away, I'll I'll come to church, but I'll, I'll just stay away for a while. Or I won't come to church because somehow the body and blood of Christ is not quite the body and blood of Christ if there's not other people there or something. We get these funny ideas in our heads about the efficacy of the Lord's Supper. When really what we should do is trust what the Lord says about it, right? So what does he say? He says, take eat, take drink, this is my body and my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you eat and you drink it in remembrance of me, in remembrance of what I have done for you, not as a play-acting sort of thing, but as a participation in the salvific work of Christ. That's what he's saying, right? But oftentimes we can look at the Lord's Supper And we have it here every single Sunday. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you. I will be frank with you. Sometimes I find myself going through the motions as the pastor, and I will take the body of Christ and and drink from the chalice, the blood of Christ, and not even realize what I'm doing. Right? 
Sometimes I find myself doing that and I stop myself and I say, Lord, have mercy on me. I am receiving a beautiful, wonderful gift that God is gracious enough to give to a poor wretch like me who surely does not deserve it. And so we see that when we come to this table, we practice the, uh, I guess for some people it would be a taboo phrase of closed communion, but we do our best. We are not perfect in the endeavor, but we do our best to make sure that people are capable of discerning the body of Christ as St. Paul says. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. And he even goes so far as to say, that is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. That the, the body and blood of Christ has so much power to forgive sins or to condemn you in your sins if you are un if you are unrepentant, that he says that some have died from this. And we read that and we say, well, maybe that was back then, but I don't know anybody who drinks the body and blood of Christ and dies. Right? Who knows? But the Lord says that it is so, and so we must believe it, right? That the word of the Lord says a lot of miraculous things, and we trust the one who tells them to us. That it's not just me up here pleading with you, trying to be emotional and say, come and receive the body and blood of Christ. It's so good for you. Right? That sounds kind of like a used car salesman, right? That's not the point for me to be emotional, to implore you, but simply to speak the word of Christ. Take eat, take drink the true body and blood of Christ given and shed for you. And sometimes, you know, we do find ourselves and our sinful flesh is, what the culp is who the culprit is, the old Adam, the one that kicks against God's word and his grace and his favor. And we find ourselves sometimes just going through the... Motions of coming up and getting what we're given, not really thinking about what's going on. And the thing is that we have to keep in mind that the greater the hunger and thirst for righteousness, the better equipped you are for this great meal. That it requires... Hungry souls. It wants hungry souls. God wants you to be hungry for his grace, and his salvation. He is literally, no pun intended, dying for you to be given this. Christ died for you so that you would be given this great gift. But whoever is already filled doesn't belong here. Whoever is already filled with any kind of notions about what does and does not constitute a sin against God's word when it clearly speaks, they don't belong here. Anybody who doesn't even know how many gods there are, right? 
Surely we don't want them to eat and drink judgment upon themselves. So on some level, we have to be prepared. And there's uh, a great set of questions in the small catechism. Uh, I did not have to memorize these as some people did. And I know that we have to, we sometimes think back on our days in the catechism and say, well, back in my day, we stood in front of the whole congregation and they asked us questions and grilled us, right? We had to say the answers verbatim, right? Well, hopefully if you did and you retained this, that, that last question, Christian questions and their answers uh, to prepare you to receive the Lord's, uh, prepare you to receive the Lord's body and blood. Question, but what should you do if you are not aware of this need and have no hunger and thirst for the sacrament? To such a person, no better advice can be given than this. And I want you all to try this with me, okay? Just try it. First, he should touch his body. So go ahead and just feel. Pinch yourself, literally. Pinch yourself. And see if he still has flesh and blood. Then he should believe what the scriptures say of it in Galatians 5 and Romans 7. That I do the things that I do not want to do, and I do not do the things I do not, you know, it's, who can deliver me from this body of death? Oh, wretched man that I am. I am sinful. My flesh is always pulling me in different directions away from God's will and away from his word. I need the body and blood of Christ. Because he says in John chapter 6, my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. My flesh is weak and corrupted. I pinch myself and say, yep, still got the body. So I need the body and blood of Christ. Right? Second, he should look around to see whether he is still in the world. So look around. Are, you, are we in heaven right now? Are we in the new creation when Christ has come back? No, we are still in this world, this fallen and sinful world. And remember that there will be no lack of sin and trouble. As the scriptures say in John 15 through 16 and in 1 John 2 and 5 that the world will persecute you because you belong to Christ. Because you are a child of God, the children of wrath and damnation are coming for you and you need strength to face that fight. Third, he will certainly have the devil also around him who with his lying and murdering day and night We'll let him have no peace within or without as the scriptures picture him in John 8 and John, and John 16, 1 Peter 5, Ephesians 6, and 2 Timothy 2. So go home and read those passages, right? Get ready to receive the sacrament when it comes time for Easter. Because as 1 Peter 5 says that you must, you must be... Sober, steadfast, and ready because the devil, the adversary, is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking those whom he will devour. Resist him, firm in your faith. You need the strength, you need the grace. 
you need the body and blood of Christ. And so, we come to this table, not blindly, not against our will, and not being foolish about what is really taking place here. But we come because we are called and we are given the body and blood of Christ so that we can abide in Christ and he can abide in us. What a great gift. It reminds me, in closing, it reminds me of this uh, the story that I've heard about this Russian woman who grew up during the Cold War in Russia, in Siberia, and she was raised Lutheran. But there was actually and is actually a pretty vibrant Lutheran church out in Siberia. And when the Bolsheviks came through, and they just ravaged everything. They did not spare the Christians, especially the, especially the, the, the Lutherans, because ethnically they were still German. They didn't like the Germans very much in Russia. So they had all their pastors at one point either exiled to Siberia or killed. And this woman, she grew up, I hope I'm doing the story justice. It's a great story. But she grew up learning from her mother the faith of Jesus Christ. Not because they had a Bible. Not because they had a small catechism. Not because they even had a hymnal. All those things were confiscated. They were contraband. They were against the law to own these things. She had to do this by memory, by heart, which is why it's important to learn these things by heart, right? So that when she grew up, she knew the faith, and she held on through all these trials and temptations. But you know what? She didn't get to have throughout her 80-something years, I believe, until the Iron Curtain fell. She never got to have Holy Communion. But when the Iron Curtain fell and the LCMS sent missionaries and reestablished that church, they heard about her. The bishop heard about her, went and saw her. He examined her and he asked her, do you desire the body and blood of Christ? And she says, oh yes, yes please. And he fed her the body and blood of Christ, body and blood. And from that day on, do you think she missed a day of church? No, she didn't. I know a pastor friend of mine who actually met her and worshiped with her on a Sunday. I believe she's gone on to heaven now. But that is an example of the beauty of what God gives the great gift of salvation. Not just that you can hear, but that you can taste and see that the Lord is good. Because the honest thing is, and this is as honest as I can be, 
We are not promised tomorrow. You do not know when the last time you will be able to be given the body and blood of Christ will be. I pray that we will have many more times, but the Lord does not promise us those things. So as often as he offers, take, eat, take, drink, the body and blood of Christ given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.